0: On this episode, we discuss
1: Ghoulies. Guys, I can't tell you how happy I am to finally talk about a real f-ing movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to The Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy.
2: Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. And again, as with many of our recent episodes, I cannot wait to tell you later in the show about our upcoming live-ish and live shows. Tonight, if you're listening to this episode the day it's released, we're having an episode of Flop TV. I'll tell you more about that later. And October 19th, we're doing two shows in Los Angeles at the Videots Theater. I'll tell you more about that later in the show, too. But if you don't want to wait for me, go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com to get your tickets for tonight's Flop TV show. Or go to aviditsfoundation.org to get your tickets for the live shows on Thursday, October 19th. But Dan, we'll talk about more of that later. What's going on today?
0: <laughs> well, today we're doing an episode of our podcast. It's called The Flop House. It's oh, a, Interesting. Okay. Oh, weird. It's a show where Random. typically we <laughs> watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Now, uh, until recently, we had been on strike. Uh, the Writers Guild of America had been on strike. SAG-AFTRA, as of this recording, is still on strike. Not the members of the podcast union striking
1: against unfair podcasts. So we're
2: the the management of the podcast. We'd be striking against ourselves. (sighs)
1: Seems like a bad idea, but if I'm not being fair to myself, I think it's only one
0: option, and that's striking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Out of an excess of caution, even though we were not necessarily endorsing these... Dumb movies we usually watch. We hadn't been doing- Yeah, there's uh, no
2: Flophouse bump. There's no, there's no yeah. sudden, sudden I, uh, rush to the video store.
1: for. Uh, I do you <laughs> think that. Look, check out the Wikipedia page for Castle Freak, <laughs> dude. <laughs>
2: okay, that's a Flophouse
0: bump. There, there's yeah. a cohort of Iro- listeners. Ironic
2: since Giorgio of Castle Freak has no bump. <laughs> oh.
0: There's a cohort of listeners that does uh, watch the movies beforehand. So instead, we have been going back and watching older movies. Now- as I said, we've reached a tentative agreement. But you know what? Not the podcast. We're talking about the WGA. The, the WGA. No, no. The,
2: we're, the podcast is still striking against itself, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But you know what? The uh, the lure of an 80s flashback Shocktober when we watch horror movies was a little too tasty to pass up, even if we don't have uh, another reason to do it other than our own enjoyment right now. So we're, we're doing that. Uh, we are reaching back into the 80s. Um, a lot of people's favorite decade for horror movies specifically mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons. I mean, some of them for people of our age, just nostalgia, but there are, there are more, more legitimate arguments to be made, I think. Um, but there are also some movies f- from the eighties, horror movies that were not as beloved, perhaps.
2: Um, I would say okay. probably most of them when it gets down to it. <laughs> the, the, emerging, so, the thing that was such a big horror boon in the eighties, if I'm, understand it correctly was essentially the home video market. Yeah. That finally yeah. you could get you could get horror movies into people's laps, into kids' television screens, uh, through video stores. And it meant that there was a lot of great product that came out. Video
0: drone was broadcasting them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, video drop. Draw- well, we couldn't find where the broadcast signal was coming from. There were some rumors about where video yeah. drops coming from. And if you look too deeply into it, you had to start putting the tapes in your belly, uh, and then you become a terrible person. Years later, you become just a terrible, horrible person. You
0: can't argue mm-hmm. with the convenience of it, though. I mean, like you don't have to carry any extra. Until equipment. the format switches the... over,
2: and then you got to get your belly <laughs> taken
1: out and
0: a DVD that's player true. put in. Oh
1: man! It's,
2: and <laughs> At least it's on
0: laser
1: discs. Those things are huge, and they'll, that's that's a big belly.
2: Yeah, it is. And so, uh, but a lot of the stuff that was coming out was also crap in the in the 80s horror. But right, there's a lot of good stuff. Right. Which, yeah. one, which kind will we have watched today? You'll find out. Dan, tell us more.
0: Yeah, we chose to watch Ghoulies, a film that despite- I
2: feel, I feel like something you say at a press conference before an apology or to a judge. <laughs> we chose to watch Ghoulies.
1: Well, yeah, we, we fall upon the mercy of the court. Yeah, it, like was, it was 80 minutes long. <laughs> in our defense-
2: we were led to believe that this would be a Gremlins-type story and that maybe there'd be a toilet scene. And yeah. the toilet scene, you know what? After all these Pays years of saying it doesn't happen, it does show up in an insert shot that I wouldn't be surprised if it was added later to justify the poster. Um, yeah. but, but otherwise, we'll get into it. But this movie doesn't really well, pay off the promise of
0: ghoulies. I'm glad that you bring up the poster because what I was saying was like this is a frequently invoked film on the podcast – Mostly because of the poster that has a ghoulie and a toilet, and the tagline "They'll get you in the end." Um, you know, great advertising. So it it raises a question: Are we going
1: to see a ghoulie bite somebody on the ass? Yes, and, here's, and we're well, going to find out if that
2: question's answered by the film. And here's the weirdest thing about it to me: is the Gouli in the poster is like dressed like a little kid. Like he has a little blue t shirt and red yeah. suspenders. Mm-hmm. And the ghoulies in the movie are starkers. They do not wear clothes. And I thought it was very it's it's a it led me to believe uh that these ghoulies were gonna be kinda like wisecracking jerks as yeah. opposed to what they are, which is just kind of giggling think,
0: little creepos. I think that later in the series they do start like, I think that outfit may actually get worn in a later movie. I'm not. I mean, would
1: have to. I mean, by the time they what go to college in that the third like, one. What I love is that it's like a half shirt. Like, it shows oh, off yeah. his, his abs. He's oh, like, you know what? He's chopped You're up. You're right.
0: He looks awesome.
2: I never – I thought that was like a different color on the shirt. You're right. That is a half shirt. So he's he's, he's dressed to go to like Muscle Beach or something like that,
0: you know? Yeah. Now, I want to ask you guys
1: something. And these um, ghoul- and
2: the ghoulies are also ripped. Like, their abs are incredible.
1: They're <laughs> incredible. Uh, I want to find out. I mean, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, so. But they're always eaten, so, I mean, I don't Did know Did you make what- me some? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys, because ghoulies, for all that it has loomed large in my imagination, uh-huh. I have never watched ghoulies. I had not watched it before watching it for the podcast. I think maybe I've seen bits and pieces, but that's it. Have you guys seen Ghoulies before? I feel like I definitely have.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, because, but then it could just be, like it reminds me of almost every other like Charles Band production of this time.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. There's, like, th- there's
1: always like a wizard and <laughs> some other bullshit.
2: I didn't think I had seen it, but watching it for this, there were things that felt really familiar. And I can't tell exactly, Stuart, if I had seen it before or if it's just that Charles Band is... <laughs> is he didn't direct this one he was going to but but then he just produced it but he's they're working in a very uh familiar vein he's directed
0: however Ghoulies 2 which immediately upon uh you know providing a somewhat tepid Ghoulies review on <laughs> Letterboxed, i had people assuring me that Ghoulies 2 was the superior Film well i think so my understanding
2: should. is that we'll get into the plot of this is that ghoulies the first one is not really very much about the ghoulies and that for ghoulies two, people were like uh we want to see some ghoulies doing yeah, stuff yeah let's have yeah. ghoulies yeah.
1: in
0: these ghoulies movies and and so i don't
1: want to ghoulie- see 40 year old college students uh trying to get laid
2: that's ghoulies three <laughs> ghoulies go okay. to college ghoulies two is the one where it has almost the same poster but there's two ghoulies popping out of the toilet one out of the uh, one out of the bowl and one out of the tank and it says <laughs> they'll get you in the end dot 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 again
0: <laughs> They'll get and you it, in the end and the back. Yeah,
2: <laughs> And it's almost like Ghoulies 2 is being like, look, watch Ghoulies 2. You're going to get what Ghoulies promised you that you didn't get. And then Ghoulies 3, they could finally have fun and send them to college. And they could finish Makes their sense. degree in hotel yeah. management or I don't know.
1: Automotive <laughs> yeah. repair.
2: And Ghoulies uh, 4, I don't know anything about.
0: Yeah, let's find out. Well, let's dig into these Today ghoulies. on the Flop House. We, made, we <laughs> cooked up a big plate of Ghoulies while yeah. Stuart was taking those us, ads. us, won't you?
2: Join us, mm-hmm. won't you? As we uh-huh. explore... That's my, you must remember this. Uh, uh, And just like in You Must Remember This, the Join Us Won't You comes nine minutes into the episode. So anyway, Uh uh, let's talk about ghoulies. So we open on the titular ghoulies. They're these kind of hideous little beasties uh, who are watching a satanic mass that's being presided over by a warlock (laughs) named Malcolm Graves. And Malcolm Graves is played by Michael Desbars, who... People who had HBO as teenagers in the 90s will know best as the older man that Jamie Presley seduces in Poison Ivy, The New Seduction. Oh. Uh, oh, right, right. So right, that's right, where right. you recognize him from. Uh, Malcolm Graves, he wants to sacrifice his infant son, Jonathan, in order to gain Jonathan's youth energy. But Jonathan's mother, Anastasia, stops him Instead, Anastasia is sacrificed, and her death is so gruesome that even one of the ghoulies covers his eyes. And these guys are gross. <laughs> uh, and baby Jonathan is spirited away into hiding by the groundskeeper, Wolfgang, played by Eraserhead himself, Jack Nance. Now, Jack can Nance. You guys des- Jack Nance. Now, can you guys describe the ghoulies for me? What do they look like? Because uh, the movie doesn't it's not like critters where they kind of hide them for a while. Like you see the ghoulies right away pretty much. Right away. No,
0: they're, they're little – they're little puppets. Uh, mm-hmm. They're kind of like. Okay, so Topo them, Gijo,
2: that kind of thing? That's what you mean? No.
0: Yeah. There's one of there's a green guy that looks kind of like a mad ball, <laughs> but with like a body and not arms. Not the band and legs. Mad Ball, which looks like old guys from New York. Yeah. And he's like kind of the sloppy swamp ghoulie. There's like a, a furry one that looks like kind of an overgrown rat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not the band Rat. Not the band rap, which I mean, looks
1: like old hair metal guys.
0: <laughs> There's they're various little creatures, and right away I want to get into one of the things that <laughs> I found unexpected and bizarre about how this movie. moist
2: they are. Is that it? Because They're all covered in kind of goofy <laughs> goo up. all the time. Yeah. No,
0: I was gonna like so the the typical rap on ghoulies is that it was is a, hey I'm ghoulies <laughs> that I'm here to say. Uh-huh. People people think of it as a gremlin's ripoff. It was in production at the same time as Gremlins. Now, that does not necessarily mean it wasn't in some degree ripping it off. Like they were like, let's push this Ghoulies film out because we know that this Gremlin script is hot. But it's not a direct ripoff in in the so, most simple sense.
2: It's not It's not like a mockbuster kind of like, we're, we're taking this thing and doing our copy yeah. of it. But I think something funny is that you'll read descriptions of it and they're like, it was in production at the same time, but ran out of money, which meant it had to take a break and gremlins beat it to the theaters as if there was any world in which these were equal competitors
1: <laughs> yes. to be yes. hits at
2: the box office. If the <laughs> Steven Spielberg produced gremlins, which <laughs> the, the best puppet effects it at the time compared to yeah. Ghoulies, like as if Ghoulies was like, "Oh, we could have been there. We could have been that if we got gotten there yeah. just so, a little bit faster.
1: As you guys point out, I think a lot of people mistakenly say that this is a Gremlins ripoff, but what they don't talk about enough is how hereditary is a Ghoulies ripoff, <laughs> which I will explain <laughs> in this four-point
0: presentation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's well, a good call. They, it, it is basically the same movie in a lot of ways.
0: Let me, uh, <laughs> before you get to that PowerPoint, let me complete the thought, which was just like, so... I still was kind of expecting, like, this, like, oh, rascally little monster critters movie. Yeah. And, and, you know, gremlins, the fact that the gremlins aren't necessarily super terrifying makes sense. Like, they will kill you, and that's scary, but that's because they're, like, these amoral mischief creatures. But in Ghoulies... they got mutant madness, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Ghoulies, you mm-hmm. have these little, like, critters running around. Not the critters, those yep, are frights, of course. Yeah, very different. But, yeah. um... And they are sort of the the result of these occult rituals. Like these wizards can, you know, control these ghoulies, which are maybe I don't know, demonic forces. Who knows? But it is much less impressive to me as like. I'm a master of sorcery, and because of that, I control these ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I made this gross little dude. Look at that.
2: Am I not your king? All-powerful. I mean,
1: I think all children are gross little dudes for a while. I guess That's yeah, very true. I guess that's the greatest power of all. It's the, it's it's the greatest great act. Life.
2: The greatest act of art is the creation of human life, and all, all art is merely us trying to imitate the power of God, which only <laughs> exists in the creation of human life. Now, in the— and ghoulies. Uh the greatest work of art is ghoulies. But he, the other thing is that the Gremlins, they have so much personality. They have yeah. so much charisma. They are mm-hmm. real characters. They are a hot kind of they they have a they they when you you can just watch Gremlins hanging out at a bar and it is fun. The ghoulies have no personality whatsoever. They just kinda are around. They're kind of set dressing, <laughs> and it's very disappointing. Okay. So this baby was saved by Eraserhead. Years later, <laughs> Jonathan, the baby, has grown up. He's now a college student of indeterminate age. Uh art,
1: like Most of the time he looks mid (laughs) thirties. When he
2: first shows up with his girlfriend yes, when he shows up with his girlfriend Rebecca, I thought they were a married couple, but it turns out they're just boyfriend, girlfriend, and he's a college student. And he has inherited this large estate from his father. In reality, it is Los Angeles's historic Waddles Mansion. Many things have been shot there. Okay, one of the one of the few surviving big mansions from the pre-Hollywood days in uh, in Hollywood.
0: Well, this they is find- one of the fu- funny things to me. Like this presumably American mansion also has this like medieval catacomb beneath it, where you ra- raise ghoulies. That's Hollywood. The-
2: the only thing about that is that it's very unlikely that there's that huge a basement in California, an earthquake prone yeah. place. But you could say it was from the time when people were really copying old European styles. Sure. You know, Hearst was literally dismantling old castles and bring them to hit to be to San Cine And Ian I guess if
0: you're into like rebuilt. raising ghoulies. Look, if you're into
2: raise a ghoulie, I mean, it's possible that (laughs) Jonathan's dad just had that basement put in because he could put some ghoulies in it. Raising ghoulies is not a thing you do on (laughs) ground level or the second floor. Imagine how much much less impressive a magic uh, ritual is if it's happening in the attic or on the (laughs) second floor as opposed to a, a basement. Come on! I don't know. Is it a
0: creepy attic? Is it one of those ones with no, like it's the big round window? No, is it it's one of those fu- ones no, where the geometry
1: Christ- doesn't make sense and yeah. there's so a, it's
0: witch a regular up there?
2: attic? You have to stoop a little bit. It's full of old Christmas lights. That's <laughs> okay. the attic. It's happening. Oh, that's happening. Yeah. yeah. And there's it's like the attic- a
1: wasp nest.
2: It's the attic Chevy Chase goes to in Christmas vacation. In a Christmas vacation <laughs> where he just <laughs> sure. gets stuck up there. Yeah. Uh, you need somebody down below to make sure that the trap door doesn't fly up and and stick get stuck. So anyway. They explore this large estate he's just inherited. They find a grave on the premises that has a pentagram on it, but the dirt's too high to read the name. And later, Jonathan also finds his dad's black magic supplies in the basement. They're just lying around. They have not been put away. They're just in boxes lying around like a basement. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan and Rebecca, they do what any young college people would do upon encountering getting a mansion. They throw a party, and their collection of weird friends show up. Okay, let me see if I can remember all of them because they're – I don't even know if all of them get names on screen, but there's – there's Dick, who is girl crazy and thinks he's God's gift to women. There's mm-hmm. a socially awkward young man named Mark, who everyone calls Toad and Dick, Boy. Dick kind of looks like Big Ed from Twin Peaks, right? I could see that, yeah. He's got a little bit of a rockabilly aesthetic and that kind of thing. Uh, there's two burnouts whose names I don't remember, and there's Donna, played by young Mariska Hargitay in her film debut, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. And we watch cool. one of the burnouts she break You may dance. remember from The
0: Love Guru. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: They just meant. Oh, does she actually appear in it? I don't remember. I know no, that she says no,
0: her name they just a lot. Use the. It's just such a dumb joke.
2: It's such a that that's how he. That's how his greeting is like Mariska Hargitay, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What a terrible movie. So one of the burnouts break dances for a while, and then Jonathan should suggest they conjure a spirit just as a lark. They go down to the basement. They do this ritual. Nothing seems to happen. So everybody walks away disappointed, and Jonathan doesn't do the spirit dismissing spell. As soon as they're all gone. What appears on the floor?
0: We got a ghouly. <laughs> a ghouly.
2: We got one. A real big problem with a real bad logo goes. I will say that the th- town.
0: <laughs> this movie is like eighty minutes long, and it takes about thirty minutes to get to the point that Elliot just said. Like, yes, I, I, I cut out a lot of the party. <laughs> it is. Uh, a movie that has its charms, but it is pretty dull whenever there's not a ghoulie on screen. There's a part mm-hmm.
2: where once the ghoulie, it, once the ritual doesn't work out quite as I wanted, they go, oh, where's Robin? This other character, Robin. Where's she? Let's go look for her. That doesn't pay off in any way. Who cares? <laughs> it's, it's just a way to get them out of the room, I guess, that they've noticed yeah. Robin has gone somewhere else. The next day, uh, Jonathan tells Rebecca that he is leaving school to focus on repairing the house.
1: Uh, on, but, <laughs> on ghoulie-based <laughs> business. <laughs>
2: This is the I'm real world these of the future. Cobblers'
0: go- goolies <laughs> to make to make shoes. <laughs>
2: and she and she reacts the same way he would if he said he's dropping out of school to get into crypto. She's like, uh, I don't know if that's a great idea. But uh, he yeah. also gets obsessed with those magic artifacts. He draws ritual markings on the floor and he makes a talisman necklace for Rebecca. That's kind of like a safety thing. I think he had one as a baby. I don't remember. All this magic is having a terrible effect on him. He looks old. He looks less
1: healthy. Yeah, uh, it's the magic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I mean he doesn't go outside at all too, and uh, he conjures some more ghoulies and he tells them to obey him and not let anyone else see them. Uh, so and this le- eventually this is gonna lead to when he's just kicking back in his study reading books while ghoulies are just kind of hanging over his shoulder, <laughs> drooling and grumbling. Yeah. And it's like this is what the power is giving you is you just, just have these gross things hanging on your shoulders while you just kick even just hanging out?
0: Yeah, this is what I was thinking, because like what would you guys do if you had, you know, a few ghoulies at your disposal? Because it's i not would like, ask them get- to leave. They don't seem to do much. <laughs> they can't get anything off like a high shelf, for instance, or no. You know, what are other things ghoulies can't, they couldn't drive you anywhere, they couldn't reach the pedals, there, maybe like a couple that, of them stacked on top of I'd each other. Them,
1: uh, I'd have them uh, go on to World of Warcraft and uh, do some XP mining for me, just level up <laughs> my <laughs> character. I
2: feel like most of your time with the Ghoulies will be spent cleaning up after the Ghoulies. Like, there's, yeah. they're more trouble. The fact that he later uses ritual to get better helpers is, uh, yeah, is a real yeah, indictment yeah, that, of the Ghoulies. Yeah. So, That's a uh, lot. So now uh, now he's doing rituals in full warlock robes, holding a magic spear, a magic uh-huh. trident of some kind. And he's he, praying he,
1: to Paimon, what
2: a hereditary thing. Yep, he okay. is. And he gains the power to make it rain in the basement. Again, I don't see what the benefit of this is. Now you have a wet basin. Water in your basement is literally something you don't want. It's a thing that people go out of their way to avoid. So, As a small
1: business owner, water in your basement is a
2: nightmare. You don't want that. But he's he has the power to make it happen in his own house. Rebecca walks in on him, and it is hilarious. <laughs> it's like she's walked in on him masturbating to pictures of someone he used to date. He's it, She is he, upset, understandably upset. He is embarrassed and cannot explain it. And he promises, okay, I'm gonna cut it out with the magic.
0: No more <laughs> magic,
2: I promise. I promise, next,
0: baby, no more magic. <laughs>
2: I, baby, baby, I'm cured. I'm, I'll go to therapy for it. No more magic. Cut to the next scene, and he is lighting a magic candle next to their bed. Mm-hmm. This is, Jonathan, it is, you haven't even been able to go one That's scene without magic. He and no. Rebecca start making love as a ghoulie pops up to to watch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, to me, would be a major turnoff. Even if they're working for me, I don't want them in the room when I'm having sex. How do you guys feel about it? I know you're a little kinkier than me. I'm a little Uh, vanilla. Yeah, I mean,
0: I like an audience. Is it a, yeah, it would have to be a, Maybe a handsome or ghoulie, <laughs> <Is that what laughs> for sure for
2: me. So you're, so you're, you're, uh, you're, you uh, look shaming with the ghoulie. But just the fact that he's just sitting, I don't. I'm just okay. talking about my personal Yeah, I mean, let's go over to, Elliot.
1: let's go to, you- let b- <laughs> <laughs> and fill out the quiz and see, yeah, see. what it let's says go, about. Let's go to uh, ghouliewatchme. Yeah.
2: Adult Ghoulie Finder. Now, yeah. the uh, here's the thing about it though. I can understand the, the thrill of being watched, but being watched by someone who is giggling the entire time seems off-putting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the ghouly equivalent of, like, Statler and Waldorf criticizing you.
2: Now, that's something, to be honest, to, to be having jokes while Sattler and Waldorf are just, are just <laughs> criticizing me and making jokes. I, the only problem with it is that it, I would get too hard, I think. It would be, be too excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that, that's your
0: Patrick Bateman yeah. in the mirror moment.
2: When's he going to come? I'm just asking when we can go. That kind
0: of stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. And you're just laughing too hard to continue. With the, uh,
2: it would be It would be too close. The duet of pleasure would cancel each other out. Like two yeah. perfect waveforms meeting. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, all I want to do now is write is write jokes for Stetler and Waldorf
1: to say while they're
2: watching people have
1: sex. Weirdly enough, uh, the Jim Henson Company is not into uh, your your
0: pitch. Uh, Statler and it, Waldorf, so, yeah, I mean, but I think Jim Henson himself probably would.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, in his private life, who knows what that guy was into? Yeah, you know. So uh, there's there's got to be there's got to be times when he when he had sex as Kermit. It had to be, right? <laughs> oh
1: my god. I mean, if I was on the receiving end, I've I would request Kermit.
0: Knowing that <laughs> his one sort of vice in life was he was a philanderer. I'm sure yes. there's got to be he someone he liked expensive
2: cars. He would buy very who expensive was
0: cars. He like do Kermit for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Had be to Kermit. Come on. Even there's a is Kermit in the room with us tonight? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he uh, could be, perhaps. You <laughs> kind of thing, yeah.
0: yeah. Eerily good Kermit. I do a
2: lot at home, not in the bedroom,
0: but maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. <Sure. we're> nice.
1: <laughs> mm, you're making up. it a little
0: easier to be green. Mm. As, <laughs> as, you, as you say to me, Elliot, and now Audrey has annoyingly picked it up too. like, sure, laddie, sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would I do this to my friend Rocco?
2: You might, rabbit. You might. <laughs> it's a oh, it's a great, it's a great voice. I don't mean it as an anti-Irish slur. I apologize. So anyway, uh, John starts muttering magic incantations while they're in the act, and Rebecca angrily storms out. Uh, Makes doesn't sense. notice that the ghoulie she, is watching. She but. does
1: see the pentagram under the bed, though, right? The magical yes, so. warding circle so. or whatever. Now,
0: yeah. some I circle. have to say, sure. Go on. It's not unreasonable under these circumstances for her to storm out, but the movie narratively seems like it gets to this point pretty quickly, especially considering how much time is spent not doing much at the party. (laughs) Like, it feels like there should be, like, a little bit more of, like, a build to like it's clear this is a problem this guy has i know it's yes. weird to come home and see that your 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 <laughs> boyfriend is wearing ceremonial robes in the basement and soaking but. wet for some reason yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing bad per se has happened at this point i guess is the, the No that's the, true
2: she, well i mean he's gone back on a promise he's creeping yeah. around he, it's more that she's mad that his life is falling apart and he's not taking responsibility for himself but i agree Ghoulies is not a masterclass <laughs> in storytelling do you yeah. think do you think
1: it would have been better if like this section had been more like a french farce where he's trying to hide the ghoulies from her <laughs> Ghoulies keep like 100%. almost popping up that, I, I want mean, to see this movie. I'd enjoy it more, certainly. Yeah, I don't know if it would raise
2: the thrill level or the terror level, but it would be more fun to watch. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, wh- where's I, your terror level at now, Elliot? The terror
0: level. Orange, orange yeah, or red? Your terror level.
2: Uh, pretty. It's yellow. It's pretty low down. It's, oh, okay, yeah, okay. okay. We'll see. You're not. You don't have to take your shoes off to watch Ghoulies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <at> this level. <laughs> uh, the, the uh. The, I will say that this, it, I, it's, this, this kind of thing is handled much better in the very beginning of a movie called Ride with the Devil. It's a hammer horror mm-hmm. movie that's not perfect, but there's a point where two friends uh, show up at a friend's house for dinner, and it turns out the date got mixed up, and their friend is hosting a satanic mass that night. And the friend is, they're, he's in robes, oh, right and everyone's in robes, and they're like, what's going on? He's like, oh, well, you were supposed to go over for dinner tomorrow night, not tonight. <laughs> and I always found that very, very funny and also a little scary the idea that you just show up <laughs> at your friend's house tomorrow night and realize that he's involved in this stuff. That's uh, a great setup. Yeah, it's much like in Hereditary, where she just finds all these magic books going through her mom's stuff. And the really scary part is not that her mom was involved in magic, but that her mom didn't include her in this aspect of her life. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. that's the harsh part. Uh, so now with Rebecca gone, Jonathan just throws himself into full time warlocking. His eyes start to glow. They start looking like his dad's eyes did in the first scene. And also, this is- his yeah.
0: pupils like one of them goes off to the side and I honestly couldn't tell whether that was an intentional choice or just the contacts not settling
2: correctly. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Uh, Again, these are not Grinch stole Christmas level contact lenses. They're not sticking right in there. Um, He decides, I guess, that the ghoulies are not cutting it in the assistant (laughs) department and he conjures two kind of Gnomes in armor who are named yeah. Grizzle and Greedy Guts, and these are hands down. I will, I will brook no argument. Hands down, the best characters in the movie. Guys, yeah, fight me yeah. over it.
0: Fight me. I'm not. I'm not going to. No, fight you. they have, have the uh, most. I'll follow along. Charisma. I mean, like the, the I best kids love performances. The also, kids the best call performances. It Riz the
1: these days, by the way. Just yeah, yeah, way that's is.
0: true. <laughs> yeah. I would love um, the Ghoulies to be. The top performances, but, you know, like they aren't given the personality that these are, you know, like these are uh, two uh, little person actors in in armor, basically. But they I have like a sure lot we of say like, their names. They, so, yeah. So
2: Grizzle is played by Peter Risch and uh, Greedy Gut is played by Tamara DeTro, yeah. who also Tamara DeTro is is I don't know if she's better known, but she but she also played E.T. for much of the movie. E.T. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're great in a costume,
2: right? Yes. In a, no. She okay. was in the makeup chair for hours and hours. No, she's in a costume. <laughs> it, it was all. It was all motion capture. Yeah. yeah. Um. And they are. They give the best performances in the movie. Their characters are the interesting. Uh, Grizzle, as portrayed by Peter Risch, and I wonder if this was in the script or not, is very reluctant to do the bad things and does not like that he is under the control of Jonathan. Whereas Greedy Gut is more eager to kind of like play up to the master in order to get what she wants. And there's like an actual dynamic with them that I find that is interesting. Mm -hmm. I wish this movie was called Greedy Gut and Grizz and was about these two characters (laughs) loose in Los Angeles, but it is not. Um, In order to test their power, Jonathan makes them levitate a wine goblet so that they can drink it. And uh, Greedy Gut starts telling about a more dangerous ritual that can bring him even greater greater power, but he needs seven people for it. And is like, don't tell him, don't tell him. And unfortunately they don't get too much screen time. Now, by now, Jonathan is at the stage I mentioned earlier where he's just kicking back reading while a ghoulie gr- just grumbles on his shoulder <laughs> into his ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would find that very distracting if I'm trying to study a magic book, but uh, Rebecca returns <laughs> and is convincing.
0: sound of <laughs> ghoulies. <laughs> because
2: it's like- It's, it's a like, white hey, noise hey, hey. machine.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like the the- the sound of a ghoulie grumbling in your ear sounds a lot like the vocalists in the bands I listen to. Yeah,
2: that's fair. It's a lot.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm just yeah. imagining that one of my like meditation apps has one of the options like ghoulie grumbles.
1: Oh yeah, my my ways app has the ghoulie option for the voice to read the directions. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. Does that mean a stopped? Is that a stopped car ahead?
2: <laughs> Houston Street. Uh, you can't even get the pronunciations right. Come on, Google AI. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Rebecca, she's tr- she's like, can you please leave the house? But the gnomes put a spell on her that she'll obey Jonathan. She's in kind of a trance. And Wolfgang comes in. He VOs every now and then to tell you why he's not doing anything. And he's like, oh, I was powerless to do anything but watch the evil overtake Jonathan. I feel like it's the movie is in bad shape when you cannot afford much of Jack Nance's screen time. When Jack Nance is not, a, they're really not making it worthwhile for Jack Nance to be on on screen very much.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and this, this voiceover was so confusing to me because the movie doesn't have it in general. And I guess it's just like, the movie needs to remind you that Jack Nance's character is in the movie so well, that when he comes back later on, yeah. you're like, so what?
2: <laughs> when he when he comes back zapping magic all over the place, you're like, yeah. why didn't he do this earlier? He's always like, oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, Jonathan invites his friends to a dinner party where everyone's wearing sunglasses because he has to wear sunglasses to cover his glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. And they're all wearing their shades inside. They're wearing their sunglasses at night so they can, so they can keep track of the mm-hmm. visions of Ghoulies. Ghoulies are popping up all over the table, but nobody seems to notice them. And the Ghoulies are loud. Again, they're grumbling constantly. Yep. And they're no one eating seems to the
0: food as well. <laughs> now, Just this, like that song, Ghoulies busting out all over.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what the movie was, was based on. Yeah. Um, the Jonathan he casts a spell, and this is I think the best part of the movie, aside from when Grizzle yes. and, and Greta Gut are in it. Where this he casts a spell that suddenly the table disappears. Then he transports him, transports them to the basement, and they're all covered in white sheets—not like clan white I'm- sheets, but as if but like burial shrouds. And It's genuinely very creepy. It's very genuinely strange. The the ghoulies are loving this ritual. They are all over (laughs) it, and everybody starts yelling and yelling and yelling. And the warlock dad Malcolm, his dead body pops out of the grave now, yelling, having been revived. And then suddenly they're all back at the dinner table. And I thought this whole sequence, this is the best sequence in the whole movie. It's genuinely cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and John and Rebecca are like, Well, everybody, thanks for coming to our dinner. We are leaving to go to sleep, but you can all stay the night, which is a weird thing for the host to do uh, when dinner's not really over yet. To be like, mm, I'm so tired, I got to get my sweepies in. So uh, you guys hang out, and be at the house. Uh, maybe yeah. it's the kind of thing that rich people do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if
0: you got that many. Yeah. Extra, if you're super rich,
1: just write in and tell us if they do, if you do shit
0: like they do in Ghoulies. Like, um yeah. So. <laughs> The reason I want people to leave at the end of the night is that we live in an apartment, you know, and there's yeah. essentially four rooms here. And, yeah, it's what uh, the movie
2: Four Rooms was based on. Your apartment. If you live uh-huh. in a
0: mansion, you know, like you're like, yeah, just also whatever. Joe's I, there's probably people living here I don't know about, you know.
2: I mean, that's yeah. There is the, there's that scene in Sis and Kane where he's like, I believe some stragglers are still in the East Wing, you know, from the party <laughs> that they had.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. The so like if you had a huge mansion, you'd be like, yeah, fuck it, do whatever you want. Uh, go into my wine cellar, go hang out in my-
0: You three lunkheads, come polish this urn for me. I don't care. I have a mansion.
2: Yeah, I do like- (laughs) I'll just get a new urn. You break whatever you want. I don't give a shit, Stooges.
1: Yeah, you can go hang out with this weird, life-size Klaus Kinski uh, clown doll that's in one room.
2: (laughs) It is a strangely uh, furnished and decorated house. It's decorated in creepy modern, Uh, but (laughs) so- but I guess you can do that when you're rich. Uh, so Zombie Dad is walking the grounds. He start. He's just petting Ghoulies when he runs into them, telling them he's their true master. He's returned. Yeah. The friends pair off and they get attacked in different ways. And this takes a while. It's it's I'm shortening it considerably. Uh, Mariska Hargitay and uh, is it Mariska Hargitay and Toadboy gets attacked or is I it? I think so. Yeah. 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 They get attacked in the garden by Ghoulies. Uh, Dick has paired off with another girl and he leaves and he encounters. This is the strangest one of these. He encounters. Malcolm Graves, the dead warlock. But Malcolm Graves has taken the form of a sexy lady who uh-huh. Dick is, who's like, kiss me. And he's like, well, I've never met you before, but I, I'm I'm so I'm so love happy that when I wander through a mansion and a creepy lady tells me to kiss her, I just honestly, do it. Honestly,
1: honestly, I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, uh, but unfortunately, that's a bad mistake because she strangles him with an enormous serpent tongue that shoots out of her mouth.
1: Uh, <laughs> you, you live style. by the sword, and die by the sword. That's yeah, what I'm yes, saying. yeah,
2: live by the French, die by the French. Uh and uh, Robin uh, gets – another woman gets strangled by a ghoulie inside a big clown doll that t- that uh, Stuart mentioned before. And the, my favorite one of these is of the two burnouts, one of them just gets attacked by ghoulies. The other one, Grizz has to go get a ghoulie, subdue it, and then he just throws it at the other burnout. And you can tell that Grizz does not want to be doing this. He's regretting it the entire yeah. time. He, is, he feels bad about it. That's acting. He clearly doesn't want to do it. Richest character in the movie, Grizzle. Um, meanwhile – John tells Rebecca, "He goes. I hope you can you can forgive me." And he puts the safety talisman necklace on her, and she falls asleep,
0: mm-hmm. and as she goes
2: into a sleeping trance. And I think this is meant to protect her. And dad, this is the moment when Dad goes, ghoulies, come to me," and they're all <laughs> popping up everywhere. And if we finally get the insert this shot of the ghoulie yeah. popping out of the toilet, that's it. We have I, we have fulfilled the, the audience
0: stands up, applauds. Yeah. Files yeah. out of the theater Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it reaches. just it, like it, No don't There's more movie left And we they go Not as we're all yeah. we came to see We came
2: to see it It's it's beating the Flash Entering the speed zone As, yeah. the, as the number uh, one Stand up and sheer moment In American tw- film tw- yeah, history
1: 20 minute standing ovation At Cannes uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> at, at James Khan's house You mean Where they hold yeah, The premiere Khan's
0: house. Yeah he's yeah. loving it the, uh, He's just loving the, it Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah uh, this You guys see this movie They got these crazy Little monsters
2: Ever since I saw that One of them was in the turlet, I had to see it
1: <laughs> the there's the I I really like the way that when he summons the ghoulies, it also summons all of the dead uh, party goers, I guess, and they they just kind of like inch along the ground like weird worms. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like that's a cool cool. bit of physical work by those actors.
2: Rebecca sees, well, we'll get to it in a moment, but Rebecca sees one of these and is horrified to see her friend kind of like, yeah, like wriggling along the ground, like almost Uzumaki style, the way people's bodies move in in Uzumaki comics. And I was like, that is cool. That's a cool, creepy touch. I like that. Anytime a a human body is moving in a way that is unnatural for a human body, um, it it can be very effective on film. You know, it's why uh, why, uh, there's so many, uh, why there's so many why uh, there's so many what polaebulus dancers that go into the horror horror realm. Anyway, that's a mm. modern dance reference that I probably mispronounced. So anyway, uh, all the ghoulies and the dead people are coming out. Uh, they're writhing around. Rebecca wakes up to find Jonathan in a trance. She's horrified. She rips off her talisman. She runs to the stairs. A flying ghoulie, like a like a like a flying squirrel ghoulie, knocks her yeah. down the stairs, where she
1: seemingly <laughs> dies. <laughs> Knocks her down the stairs, but she has just enough time to like rebuke
0: Jonathan and be yes, like, "Yes, true.
1: Why'd you do this,
0: dude?" Or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, and
0: was it worth it? It's a fair question. Why did you I think so? It's ghoulies? I think it's Why really funny it? that she's like,
1: <laughs> she's like, before I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk some shit. Like, I mean, I before guess I the go, assu- tough love. Why'd you raise all these ghoulies?
0: I guess the assumption is that. Uh, You know, like, there's a corrupting influence. Like, he he does the first ritual out of curiosity, you know, youthful high spirits. And then he's corrupted into, like, the lust for power. But it all Mm -hmm. happens so fast. Yeah, yeah. This
1: this is some natural Dan generosity coming out right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How many
2: times did the movie make you cry, Dan?
0: There's no sense early on where it's like, ugh. My lifelong dream has always been to be the king of the ghoulies. Like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I was the king of prom, but there were no ghoulies at prom, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was it was like the I was the king of originally- queens. <laughs> the ghoulies there.
1: I was originally going was to, uh, I think if there's any borough that is lousy with ghoulies, it's queens. Uh, Staten Island, my friend. Staten oh, Island. Oh, you got me. Like Nicole Mallet- <laughs> <August>. uh, The <laughs> the
0: uh, Ghoulies uh, and wild Do you think turkeys. he was
1: also, like, he was going to school for, like, like management, and that's why he's like, I just love being in charge of all these <laughs> I love administrating the ghoulies.
2: I, th- I think that's it because this, this, they're all trying to get power, but it's a very abstract concept of power. Like, I don't know what Jonathan wants to do with this power. I don't mm-hmm. understand what it means for him. I don't know what kind of power the ghoulies convey because they don't do anything other than hurt, than attack people occasionally. It's not like the ghoulies yeah. are stealing money for him or anything like that. Even the gnomes that can levitate things – I don't know what they're bringing to Jonathan's organization. It feels like Jonathan, like many startup founders, doesn't really know what to do with his staff once he's expanded beyond the size he can reasonably manage them. I, f- yeah. I feel like— He
1: loses he- sight of his core mission. <laughs> I feel like as soon as he summoned the ghoulies, he should have been like, well, they can help me, like, fix up the house. I know you're saying they're gross oh. and they're incapable of doing that. And then we get a house they montage. they were capable— yeah. And that would at least make sense. (laughs) Yeah,
2: at least I can see ghoulies crawling around the roof, nailing down shingles and stuff like that, putting on tar paper, but they don't even do
0: that.
1: Yeah, you throw on a like, uh, like a little banger, like put one foot in front of the uh, (laughs) other, like in Revenge of the Nerds. that would
0: be a funny (laughs) horror comedy where there's like these little creatures that this warlock wanted for like world domination. And this guy gets the power for it and he's just using them for chores and stuff. Well, here's, okay,
2: the strike is ending. Here's my pitch. Hollywood, um, I know I shouldn't be pitching right now. A contractor gets control of black magic. He just going to use them to work on houses. And the and the ghoulies are really upset because they want to be wrecking havoc. And he's yeah. like, but, th- but what I need you to do is lay down grout. That's what I need mm-hmm. you to do. I don't need you to wreck <laughs> havoc. Like I'm a contractor. I like my life. I make good money. I don't need, they're like, you could have power, domination. I don't need that. I have what I need. I'm going to retire pretty, you know, in, in 10 years. This is what I need right now. And yes one
1: of work. the clients who's like, Real, like a real pain in the ass, shows up to the job site, sees the ghoulies. They kill her or him. And, uh, or him. It could be. Or Or him. Gender neutrality, gender equality. Uh, And then uh, the contractor's like, oh God, I got to do something with a stupid body.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now that's your ghoulies movie. Anyway, uh, the, and it's called Ghoulies Bringing Down the House or something like that. You know? Oh, I Uh, love it. Yeah. So, uh. The, so but I but I agree it's like not clear why other than a, a family curse or the the lure of the, the the taboo or the forbidden it's really not clear why Jonathan's <laughs> doing any of this or why he is because I can understand I can understand the lure of forbidden knowledge that yeah. I can do something that no one else knows how to do and they don't even know you, the power to do this exists but if the What you basically have is you can get a bunch of greasy, goopy little monsters yeah. that just hang around. Like, yeah, and make so, it rain I, in I, your basement. Like, that's it.
1: There's nothing more forbidden than a gaggle of tiny, gross people
0: <laughs> I feel like I'd be like, ooh, forbidden knowledge. I can do spells. And then I would do it and some ghoulies would show up and be like, ugh. And I'd like throw the spell book away. None of these spells are any good.
2: Yeah. The uh, it feels like uh, it, it feels like a, a it, he's gone into a bad porn search where what is what has come up is not what he was looking for, and it's not that helpful for his yeah. For his, no thanks for his uh objective. All right. Uh, <sighs> so anyway. Jonathan shows up. Uh, he uh, and in the basement, and he finds that his dad has set up everything for a magic ritual to steal Jonathan's youth. His friends are all in those winding shrouds. You know, he tries to beat Dad with magic, but he can't do it. Come on, this is—it's like the story of uh, Oedipus Rex, but with magic. You know, mm-hmm. in this case, he doesn't manage to do it. He can't defeat his dad. His dad revives Rebecca, and from this point on, I was not sure whether his friends were dead or alive uh, because he revives Rebecca and she tries to ensnare him. Are with a they kiss.
1: are they dead or alive? Final.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Which is uh, the one
1: where they become hitmen, uh, where the hitmen start killing people and giving all their money to starving children, and then they grow wings. Is I that the, think that's, that's the second one. Two, right? Okay. Yeah, because
2: I think the third one is the one where at the end the two hitmen merge together into kind of a mechanical being, and they go and attack the crime boss while he's, he's having sex with his boyfriend. I and think that's end, right. Yeah, and it just ends with the crime boss going, "Uh oh," and <laughs> that's the end <laughs> of the movie. Uh, uh, after they've the combined master. into some sort of into some sort of master assassin mecha machine. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, what a what a interesting film series. Uh. So, uh, they, they fight, but uh. It, oh. So he, so so Rebecca's like, kiss me, Jonathan, and the gnomes say, no, it's a trap, it's a trap. And there's a moment where Jonathan is like, Grizzle, Greedy Gut, who are you working for? And uh, <laughs> but then they show they're loyal to him. Uh. The uh. The dad is attacking Jonathan, and he's about to kiss him and steal the life out of him when Wolfgang throws a magic spear through his back. It's that yeah. it's that trident. Wolfgang is back, and at this point, Chekhov's Wolfgang reveals— Jack Nance. <laughs> out know, Jack Nance is fired, and he reveals he is chock full of magic. He can teleport. He's zapping lightning bolts all over the place. It's like, why didn't you do any of this
1: before? That's in, a, that's in Jack Nance's contract. You put him in a movie. He's zapping <laughs> his lightning
0: bolts. I, I want to say, like, this might be my favorite part of the movie where Jack— Nance and the bad guy fight, and it's essentially just them like grappling with each other, like not that much really, just like they're basically have their hands around each other's necks in the classic, we're both strangling each other uh, stance, and animated <laughs> eye zaps come out, yeah, each yeah. Of them back and forth,
2: yeah. And uh, they, they have this magic battle, it wakes up Rebecca, it's shaking the house, bringing down the house, much like mm-hmm. in that Ghoulies Contractor one, and yeah. uh. The both warlocks vaporize. They both disappear. And Jonathan wakes up his dead friends and is like, we got to get out of here, everybody. And they flee the house, which does not crumble. They don't have the special effects budget for that. Mm-hmm. But they all get in their cars. They drive away leaving grizz- Grizzle and Greedy Gut just to wave goodbye to them. I guess they're stuck <laughs> yeah. in the house. Yeah. And then uh, as they drive away, uh, Rebecca's like, oh, is it all over? And Jonathan goes, yeah. It's all over. But then the ghoulies pop up in their back seat, and their, their burnout friend goes, oh, and freeze frame on this goofiest of facial expressions, <laughs> credits.
0: Ghoulies. And, and that's
2: ghoulies. The mo- ghoulies, the movie where the ghoulies were more like incidental set dressing than actual <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: plot I mean, mechanics. I feel like most movies would be improved by a little bit of ghoulie set dressing. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. All of them. Spotlight. I- throw some ghoulies in there. <laughs> yeah.
2: The favorite, throw a little bit of ghoulies in the background. Mm-hmm.
0: Where are the ghoulies? If, yeah, if you ever had ghoulies. access to ghoulies, you know he'd use them. If someone's complaining yeah. at the box office. American movies used to have ghoulies in them. Mm-hmm. I go to
2: everything that's rated G, hoping it's rated G for <laughs> ghoulies,
0: and it never is.
2: There wasn't a single ghoulie in Elemental.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, give our— uh, I, oh yeah, we've got special October categories. Yeah, what are the categories? Oh right, I forgot this about this. <laughs> this movie. Yeah. totally scarifying. Uh huh. Totally snorifying. Mm, okay. Babies. Or frighteningly funny, and I'll start off uh, before I get oh, to thanks my judgment. Oh, thanks for
2: jumping on that grenade, Dan, of getting <laughs> to talk first to give your opinion first. <laughs>
0: Now, before I get to my judgment, uh, two quick things. I want to shout out my friend Ashley, number one Ghoulies fan, who uh, happened to have her birthday on the same day that I was watching Ghoulies for the first time. And number two, uh, I have a I have a fondness for this movie because our cat panda, when we first— Now, this is a lo- cat
2: named panda. It's not a, cat, a cat panda named hybrid. named panda.
0: Yeah. Man, what I wouldn't give for a cat panda hybrid. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Uh— we, this was a panda named partly that because it was our pandemic cat who visited us as a kitten in our former apartment's backyard, and uh, she we was lured, dropped off by
2: the cat, the cat train, the Panda Express.
0: Mm-hmm. It was ador- this adorable small kitten. We lured him inside uh, initially with the intent to eat uh, yeah. to have people under the stairs to and- neuter and. Return, maybe, but who are we kidding? We're keeping that cat. Uh, and, but we lured the cat in and we couldn't find it for a long time. And we were trying to keep it separated from Archie. So, no diseases. We had, we'd shut it in the bathroom and there was, n- it, the cat was not there. Like, there's no place for the cat to go. There's no place at all. And then we realized that there's like a little skirt underneath the toilet. The cat was lurking. Beneath the toilet in such a way that we could only see if we put a mirror back to the wall. Wow. And for the first, like, week we had the cat. It was just hide back under the toilet. And so uh, early on, Panda's nickname was Ghoulie because it was a toilet cat. Um, and I just needed to to tell the tale so that generations to come <laughs> will understand how a cat can hide under a toilet sometimes. Like anyway, a ghoulie.
2: So did Mm -hmm. so did a panda get you in the end?
0: Uh, My heart, yeah. 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 Um, As for Ghoulies, I will say it has a lot of elements that I enjoy, and you know, let's let's take the silly uh, Shocktober categories off the table for a second. I kind of like why
2: why even put them on the (laughs) table in the first place, Dan?
0: Because I enjoy the way they make you frantic. Uh. Uh, I I kind of like this movie. Uh, because I am sentimental about schlocky horror of the time and, you know, some of the elements are fun to to look at as, like, silly low-budget practical effects and such. Um, as a movie, I find it pretty slow considering it's 80 minutes and... A lot of that, I think, has to do with a lot of these unanswered plot questions that don't give it a strong plot driver other than they're just ghoulies wandering around, uh, but not even that much. Um, But I still sort of like it just because I like this kind of thing. Uh, What do you guys have to say?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a movie I kinda liked because it's got ghoulies in it. It's got an old dead warlock guy. Uh there's all <laughs> kinds of magic. Uh there's like a party and some party animals, and there's a weird clown. Man, thumbs up. What a what a good movie. Yeah.
2: Elliot. I hate to be the uh I hate to be the negative Nancy here, but uh I'm gonna say that Jack I think Nancy
0: it's, uh, totally I snorifying. Think, <laughs> I th- I find it
2: totally snorrifying. I think there there are moments in it. I like that ritual scene that we talked about. I like Grizzling Greedy Gut. I think it's you could do. You could certainly do worse if you're looking for a less than 90 minute '80s kind of not that exciting horror movie. But I, I mostly found it snorifying. And also, as many people have said, it's not how it doesn't. And we, as we've said, doesn't do a lot with the ghoulies. Like, and it's hard to hard for me to overlook the fact that it's called ghoulies, and the ghoulies are there, and they don't really do much of anything. I don't want to watch Jonathan becoming a warlock. I want to watch <laughs> these ghoulies doing some ghoul stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: It should been called. You reminded me of that. Uh, Simpsons, uh, where Homer has angered, uh, like the mob for some reason, and then the the Yuzuka show up, and uh, there's like Yakuza? a little Yakuza, sorry, yeah, or Yakuza, yeah, um, apologies, I forgot the word, uh, there's like a little guy, <laughs> and Marcus, oh, that's is right, like, and <laughs> that Lucas, not doing He's going to do he's something not, real cool. He's going to do something. <laughs> oh, I missed
2: it. Yeah, as soon and as I, they go I, outside, you just hear him scream and then knock everybody out.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's your attitude towards the ghoulies. Like, kind oh, man, of. when those ghoulies show up, they're going to do something cool.
2: Well, I feel like they, this movie is, yeah, yeah they're going to do something awesome, and then they don't. And <laughs> this, this movie is very old-fashioned exploitation stuff in the way that the title and the poster promise something so different than what you get in the movie. Yeah. And if this movie was called Warlock Son or something like that, or like, you know, Blood Curse or something. And it didn't have a ghoulie st- sticking out of a toilet with the tagline, they'll get you in the end. We would no one would remember this movie. No one would ever think about it. If there was an accurate poster and an accurate title, this movie would have been forgotten. It's all about the poster and the title and the promise therein, and it fails to deliver on that promise. That's what I'm saying, ghoulies, please back your knife and go.
0: Yeah. Oh. I, you know what, though? I may watch- ghoulies too and report back to you whether it is indeed please do
1: actually we call that last chance ghoulies (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah tom
2: we will still give them a chance to win back win back a slot uh dan that should be a future mini is you should watch ghoulies two and three and tell us (laughs) tell us about them because you know after ghoulies 2 you're gonna have to watch them go to college
0: okay i accept that assignment anyway let's move on yeah let's do it um in addition to the kind support of listeners like you, uh, you can support us uh, through maximumfun.org. Although uh, uh, Max Fund Drive will be coming up in a while, um, but you don't have to wait for the drive. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's not. It's not. It's not a law. No, it's not settled law. Uh, we also have sponsors. Sorry, that's what I was getting to. Sponsors like Squarespace the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, and even your time. Everyone's got to have a home on the web if they are a brand, if they're looking for work perhaps, if they sell stuff themselves. Squarespace is a great way you can... uh, put your ideas and, uh, and, and such onto the web. You can gain powerful insights into who is visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with our in-depth website analytics tools that'll give you page views, traffic sources, time on site, what's most read on your site, geography of your audience, stuff like that to help you tailor your content to their needs. Uh, With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, you can start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with a reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. So if this interests you, why not go to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: Uh, we're also sponsored by Smalls. Now it's no uh, secret that the Flop House are a big part of the Flop House. Is that we are huge fans of kitty cats. Uh, Elliot not included. And <laughs> only for
2: bi- only for biological reasons, God mm-hmm. cursed me with the inability to spend much time around cats. And so, and cats can they sense that in me, and they love to test it. Yeah. So they always single me out, and they go, "Who's this guy? Let me rub on, <laughs> let me rub myself on him a lot."
0: He seems like a bad boy. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bad Mm,
2: boy. His eyes Um, are red like a bad boy. Oh, his eyes are tearing up like a bad boy. mm -hmm. He's coughing like a bad boy.
1: (laughs) So uh, it means a lot to us that we are sponsored by Smalls, which uh, produces... Uh, Delicious, protein-packed, natural meals for our kitty cats. Uh, And Smalls has also recently partnered with the Humane Society, and they've donated over a million dollars worth of food to hungry little kitties. Now, they've even included an ability for you at checkout to donate extra food to kitties, uh, which I don't know if you're like me and you're limited by the amount of cats you can feed, by the space that you live in. Now you can feed other cats. It's great. (laughs) Now, after making the switch to smalls, 78% of cat owners reported their cats have shinier and softer fur. You want to pet that fur. You want that stuff to be soft and shiny, right? Um, And uh, many of their owners, me included, reported their cat's breath smells way better. Uh, which is very important because my cat likes to stick, uh, my cat Muscle sticks his mouth right in my nose all the time. Uh, So is your cat food giving back to cats in need? Well, Smalls is. So if you want to give Smalls a try and ditch kibble forever, head to smalls.com slash flop and use promo code flop at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's right. That's the best offer you are going to find, but you have to use this code flop. Flop for 50% off your first order. One last time for everybody in the back seats that's promo code FLOP for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. We've also got
2: a Jumbotron today. This is a promotional Jumbotron. Very exciting. And this message is from the makers of Field of Screams. Writer directors Evan Runkle and Alex Mode we'd like to announce Field of Screams, a micro-budget independent horror movie being filmed in Flophouse star Hallie Haglund's home state of Colorado. The film is about a group of friends who get accosted by killer scarecrows when cleaning out an old farm. To learn more, visit our Instagram page, Field of Screams Film. To help make our movie one everyone kind of likes, support our Kickstarter running from October 1st through November 5th. So go and support the Field of Screams Kickstarter running from October 1st through November 5th to help them achieve their micro-budget Colorado horror dreams. And you know what? There's other stuff that you can do online besides just supporting independent filmmaking. You can also support oh, the Flophouse because tonight, if you're listening to this episode, the day it's released, tonight, uh-huh, this uh-huh. very night, October uh-huh. 7th, Tonight, tonight, there's Flop TV tonight. Oh, yeah, And we'll be talking hot dog and hamburger. <laughs> That's right. Tonight, mm-hmm. it's the long-awaited American Meat Double Feature. Tonight, October 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific. What's Passem? <laughs> You'll have to tune <laughs> in we'll find to find out. What's yeah. with you? Uh, good, good question. Uh, we're going to be talking about Hot Dog the Movie and Hamburger the Motion Picture. And, oh, boy. We're gonna have some stuff to talk about
0: because <laughs> this is a, this is some some
2: rotten meat, uh, especially. <laughs> Elliot the has seen portion. these
0: films by now, and Stuart and I have been putting it off until closer to the show. I, I believe I like it to be fresh. I like it to be fresh too, but um, Elliot has to you know, talk about both these movies. So, so I had to do to, the
1: summaries. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how you're going to try and
0: summarize this. The- yes,
1: this is two movies.
2: I got to cut the summaries <laughs> way down. And and Hot Dog the movie, Let's just, I'll give you a sneak preview. I was watching it and I was like, well, it's not my kind of movie. I don't really like it. These characters are kind of, are kind of, you know, jerks. And then I watched Hamburger the Motion Picture and I was like, Oh, we're far out there, that hot dog the movie. (laughs) Like, it's, oh boy. Uh, So you'll get to hear all about it. We're also gonna have a new PowerPoint presentation from one Daniel K. McCoy. We're gonna take questions from our viewers and answer them live on the air. It's a live broadcasted show. Just go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com to join us tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, or go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com in the future to watch the recording of the show, and you can also watch the recordings of our previous two episodes, and you'll watch the recordings of all of our episodes as they come up. Flop TV is a monthly first Saturday of the month show, and if you get a season pass, you can get a little bit of a discount on the ticket prices for all of them, and you'll get access to those recordings, so you can watch them at your leisure, and those recordings will stay up as long as the show is running. But hey, let's say it's not enough to see us online in your computer screen. You want to see us in person. You want to smell us. I want to smell
1: Dan.
0: You want to smell
2: Dan from a slight distance. Get in line. (laughs) Here's how you can do it because we're going to be doing, as we've said before, two live shows on Thursday, October 19th at Vidiot's, the theater in Los Angeles. Go to vidiot'sfoundation.org and you'll see that we're doing two shows in one night, 6 p.m. We're talking about Speed 2 Cruise Control and at 8.45 p.m., we're going to be talking about Three Men and a Baby. And who's going to be joining us to talk about Three Men and a ba- men and Baby? It's going to be Three Men and our baby, who is?
0: <laughs> Hallie Haglund? That's a That's weird right. way of- Our little
2: baby, Hallie Haglund, will be okay. with these three men. And she's going to be joining us for the Three Men and a Baby show. Each of those shows will be totally different from each other. Each will have new presentations and stuff. Right, guys? You're doing two different presentations for each?
0: I am doing two <laughs> new different presentations.
2: I am too. So— Feel free to come and see both shows if you want. That'd be great. Or just see one if you're in the Los Angeles area. Go to videotsfoundation.org for those shows on Thursday, October 19th. It'll be really fun. And I'll mention, as I mentioned last week, as we're recording this, the writer strike seems to be ending, which is fantastic. I'm very excited about it. The SAG-AFTRA strike, as we're recording this, is still going. And even for writers and other entertainment workers, it's gonna take some time before the work starts up again. So if you'd like to help people in this um, Exciting but also a little still uncertain post-strike for the writers, pre-end of the strike for the actors uh, time period. Please go to entertainmentcommunity.org for donations. We really appreciate everybody who's donated so far. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for making it possible for entertainment professionals to continue keeping their heads above water while they wait for the bosses to pay us what we deserve. It's been very much appreciated. And that, ours, that, that, that. And And that are it. (laughs) And that are it. Those are our sponsor spots for today. And as as Bill Mooney says in the Twilight Zone, that's all the TV there is.
0: The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too fresh Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, this is Daniel Barwella, technology and data specialist. I'm here with
1: Kira Gowan, ad operations specialist, and we are both worker owners here at Maximum Fun.
2: October is National Co-op Month, so we're celebrating our brand new co-op and others with an event called Co-Optober. Co-Optober. We've got special events all month long, starting with a live QA on YouTube, where Max Fun worker owners will answer your questions on Friday, October
1: 6th. And much more to come.
2: We also want to tell you about some incredible limited edition merch exclusively available to Max Fund members until the end of October.
1: If you're already a member of Max Fun, you've shown that you care about our shows and what we do.
2: If you also want to help launch us into this new cooperative era and show off your support, go ahead and get yourself a hat, pin, or shirt. We worked with some of our favorite artists to make them really special. For details on merch, all of our upcoming events, like Meetup
1: Day, and more, visit MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober.
2: That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R.
1: Happy Co-Optober!
2: What do we do next?
0: Next, uh, we're going to take a couple of letters from listeners. I mean, they've been sent already. Don't. Don't send them right now expecting them to be answered on this episode because that cannot happen in in this
2: well. time flow. Mm, if you have a time uh, treadmill, you could, you could mm-hmm. go send them back in time.
0: <laughs> but these are uh, other letters from listeners. This first one being from Jason, last name withheld. Voorhees. Alexander? (laughs) Being yes, it's Jason Voorhees being more talkative than usual, Mm. saying Well he's writing. He
2: can do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. The The series has gone downhill canonically.
2: I'm a huge fan of the show. Dear sir, I must take (laughs) pen in hand and put my machete down from that hand to complain to you about your recent program.
0: (laughs) <laughs> uh, I have listened to nearly every episode of the years except during part of the pandemic when I didn't commute to work, which is why which is my listening time. I'm only now working my way through those episodes and wanted to point out something about the final program. When Jerry Cornelius is about to transform— Listeners may remember the final program was our episode with Joel Hodgson and Matt McGinnis. Uh-huh. Thanks, Smiling Stan. The final program. <laughs> when Jerry Cornelius is about to transform and says a Humphrey Bogart quote— is it possibly a veiled reference to the creature from British folklore, the boggart, which is often described as a bestial human? This is just one of those things that I guess we'll never know, but have to say, huh, about. Which brings me to a question. Are there movies for which suddenly, years or even decades later, you learned a cultural or other reference that suddenly makes a scene in the movie make more sense? Stay strong. Best wishes, Jason. I had a hard time with this because I, I know that this has definitely happened to me, but yeah. it's, it's more of a case of like, I know that something, I knew that something was a reference. I'm like, well, eventually I'll know what this reference is. Like when I saw Spaceballs for the first time, I had not seen Alien. I was too young to see Alien when I first saw Spaceballs, but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this chest bursting thing. <laughs> this is a reference to Alien. I I'm aware generally that this is a reference. Uh, and I feel like a lot of things like that happen with The Simpsons where I'm like, uh, this is referencing something, but I, I don't know what yet.
2: Well, that's, I was going to say, it happens a lot with TV show jokes. Like, and my example of that was, it was only this year that I watched the Simpsons Mister Plow episode and was like, "Oh, this scene is a reference to Sorcerer. That's what this scene is." Because certainly, right. when the episode first aired, and I was a kid, I had not seen Sorcerer. And like you, like you, I saw Alien after Spaceballs, but I kind of knew about that scene, so I got the joke. But as a kid watching Simpsons, I didn't know thing one about Sorcerer. I didn't know it existed. So yeah. there was just this scene that was that I didn't quite understand why they were doing it.
0: You know? Yeah, they like in Homer at the Bat. There's the scene where he hits the home run and it breaks the lights and s- the natural a movie, which I still haven't seen, but now yeah. I'm aware like, oh, that's why it's not particularly it's, funny right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> seen and enough yeah,
1: Academy award, like highlight reels to know the natural. Show.
0: Yeah. What's
2: weird is that Dan didn't see the natural, but he's seen every episode of supernatural. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Doesn't that thing have like 16 seasons or something? Yeah. It's Brandy's, a hugely Brandy's successful
2: Brandy's a- show. People love it, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, well, I feel like there was an episode of this, not of a reference that makes a scene make sense, but that imbues it with more meaning, from a recent episode we did when we talked about the net and how there's that opening scene where the guy commits suicide in a park and how that's very mm-hmm. much playing off of the then relatively recent suicide of Vince Foster and how, as a kid, I didn't really know that. But I, but now I look at it and I go, oh, I see, Aud- adult audiences would have probably picked that up. But uh, I know that- um, Uh, For various reasons, no one is allowed to acknowledge the existence of Woody Allen. But the first thing that came to mind thinking about this was a joke in the movie Sleeper where they talk about how there was a nuclear war that was caused, and they say, when a man named Albert Shanker got a hold of a nuclear warhead. And for years, I was like, Don't get it. Don't know what that means. Don't understand it. Like, I don't know what that joke is. I don't know if that's a real person or not. It doesn't make sense to me. And it wasn't until many years later when I read a book about uh, when John Lindsay was mayor of New York that there was a whole section about Albert Shankar, who was the volatile leader of the United Federation of Teachers Union. And so it's like this is a (laughs) joke that seems painstakingly designed to be understood only by people who were – involved in 1960s New York public education controversies. <laughs> so it's like, it's a joke that even at the time was probably not understood by a lot of people. But certainly by now, there's there's almost no way of getting that joke, you know? Amazing. Unless you've researched New York controversies <laughs> of the time, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. this is a tough one. Like, I I feel like there's uh, gotta be a million examples. And as I like work my way back through older movies, I see more and more examples of this sort of thing, but I just, nothing's, nothing's yeah. sticking to my brain right now.
2: There are definitely movies, and I, again, I can't think of any at the moment. But there are definitely movies where I saw something, not realizing it was a reference, but liked it. But then saw the original many years later and was like, "Oh, okay." Like, I didn't realize yeah. they were ripping something off, or or uh, or doing an homage or
0: whatever. Uh, well, this is from Joe Last Name Withheld
2: versus Joe? the Volcano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe V Volcano. <laughs>
0: that legal <laughs> there's a movie, there's a that, movie I watched for the first battle. time this
2: year. I've been trying to fill in <laughs> watching movies that I was too young to see when they came out, yeah. but I was aware of them being out, and I watched Over the Volcano and I'm like this movie is does not really understand itself. I was yeah. I was I was very confused by it.
0: So It has its proponents, uh but I've always found it like a little inexpo- like it's like it's – the whimsy doesn't land in a way that makes sense to me. But.
2: Well, I think because it has no jokes in it. It's a whimsical movie that has no funny parts in it. Yeah. It's like – and it's it's so bleak and it's hard to – but it's hard to buy Tom Hanks as a guy who's like on the edge of not not buy, not accepting life anymore, you know? So yeah. Anyway. But uh, but anyway, so Joe V. Volcano, I apologize. You wrote us a letter. Thank you for
0: listening. I shouldn't badmouth you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe V. V. writes – Hearing Dan announce this episode brought back a flood of memories. This is in response to the um, Legend of the Titanic uh, episode. As I had seen some clips of this movie in my misspent youth, I couldn't wait to hear the floppers react to this piece of ill-advised cinema, but something was off. Why didn't the scene with the rapping safety dog get a mention? Did they miss it somehow? Was I getting Mandela affected? As it turns out, I was thinking of the Other Italian animated children's film retelling the sinking of the Titanic with anthropomorphic mice, Titanic, colon, The Legend Goes On. Oh. My mistake. I'm pleased to report that our shared reality is stable, and I was just confused. Although it is weird, they made two of them. And there's a link to the rapping dog, and there's an alternate English (laughs) release where the dog raps. It's party time over and over but Joe says very <laughs> yeah. Mr. Worldwide Energy. He refuses to acknowledge it. <laughs> um not only that, there's a there's a sequel to The Legend of Titanic, which is under a whole Another that's a whole nother movie as far as I'm able to yes, tell. Yes, it's
2: called it that and that one uh I I briefly scrubbed through it on Tubi uh-huh. because it came up right after I watched Legend of Titanic. That's what it recommended to me and they go looking for the wreck of the Titanic and they find mer people and there's a whole storyline of underwater mer people and they learn how to breathe underwater. I feel like we might have to watch it at some point. There's like a, a a battle between flying fish and things like that. So I think That
1: sounds pretty
0: good actually. We might have to do it. Yeah. It's a weird cottage industry of <laughs> Of, yeah, mice movies. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll try mice it. Yeah,
1: I'll try anything once.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Will you? <laughs>
1: yeah, why not? I don't know. Up to and including murder. <laughs> 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 um,
0: so those were the letters. Uh let's move on. Yeah. So are we gonna watch that
2: other Titanic movie too, or no? Let's do them all. Let's
0: Okay. Let's, let's do, do Titanic all of the Titanic mice movies. on the
2: Titanic theme month. hmm
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Mice Tannic. Yeah, that's going to just be the new podcast, is us watching Titanic movies.
0: Uh, so look for that, everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: hey. They said the podcast was unsinkable.
0: <laughs> Let's recommend some movies that um we actually liked Uh, that might be a better use of your time. Um, I was maybe going to go... Older, just because the SAG-AFTRA strikes are still ongoing. But I was looking at movies I've seen lately, and it's been a real dry spell in terms of me enjoying stuff. But I did like uh, the new film that got sort of dumped to Hulu, the No One Will Save You, starring oh, okay. Caitlin Dever. It's fucking great. Uh, essentially wordless. Um Like just there's no no dialogue. So it's like a a Jacques
2: Tati type thing, like a lot of little misunderstandings,
1: (laughs) yeah, kind kind of like quirky Uh, business with props, mixed with like a little cottage core aesthetic.
0: It's (laughs) it's more uh, unnerving suspense uh, with some kind of amusing off the wall choices that I don't want to spoil. Yeah, Uh, I'll I'll
2: watch it. Don't tell me it's really good.
0: It's really good. The 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 movie is you know, like really tightly directed. The effects for, you know, like looking a little silly fakey, sometimes like are also they the the some indelible images I think in the movie. Mm. And Caitlin Dever, who I think is a really strong actor, uh, is terrific at really letting you inside this character's head without dialogue. So um that's my recommendation.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I'm going to recommend a little bit of an older movie, a movie that uh, I never saw when it uh, was released and only watched it just this past weekend, uh, is The Birdcage, starring uh, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Uh, it is a, about a, a a gay couple whose uh, son is getting married, uh, and he's getting married to the daughter of a right-wing senator played by Gene Hackman, Uh, it obviously it is an older movie, so not all of it is going to work. Hank Azaria playing a Guatemalan, uh, like rent boy character is probably not the most, uh, sensitive. Uh, he is, very good at it. Yeah, uh, and, it's very
2: funny to see uh, see these movies where at the time it was like a super progressive movie, and now
1: yeah. it's like. Uh, but the, what I, what I will say is, I feel like uh, obviously there's a ton of like little performances, both from like Christine Baranski, who's great, Diane mm. Weist, who's always great. But uh, what like just uh, it's been so long since I've seen Robin Williams, and he like he brings such vulnerability to this character and like i i choked up a little like he's so good yeah. <laughs> he's such a good actor and he's wearing the fucking hottest fits i've seen in the movie in a long ass time i what i wouldn't give for his wardrobe and, oh that and i even, could see you i could see you really enjoying that wardrobe yeah <laughs> and even gene hackman who could be playing i mean this is basically just a, it's a french farce um and he like he could be playing a very broad, simple character, but he even he adds a little bit of vulnerability to his like shitty right wing uh, yeah. senator character. Um, and I think I don't I don't think it all works, but I think the stuff that works is really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say about Robin Williams. I feel like he sort of you know became famous, and a lot of people prefer him like w- being like totally off the leash. I like him when. Someone leashes him in a little bit. And I like that they made the choice to, you know, Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria are playing very broad characters, and he is the grounded one sort of on that end of the family, and uh, and he does it so beautifully in that movie. it's
1: It was amazing.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that's also about marriage and parents. Very interesting. Uh, I recently watched uh, the movie Late Autumn. This is a Japanese film from 1960s. So directed by Yasujiro Ozu, who most people would know from like Tokyo Story, uh, one of the great, great directors of Japanese cinema. And uh, Late Autumn is a story that is sometimes funny and sometimes serious, and the stakes in it feel very small, but the way the characters are drawn and kind of the generosity of spirit applied to all of them, kind of like what Stuart's talking about, uh, I found very beautiful. And by the end of it, I, f- I just found it to be just an emotionally beautiful movie and a very, like a very sweet movie, but a very powerful movie. And so the story is that uh, there's a, a widowed woman and her daughter. And her daughter is now 24. And the the male, these three male friends who were friendly with the husband slash father who, who died before the movie started, they decided it's time for this daughter to get married. She's so pretty. She's such a nice girl. It's time for her to, to get married. And they start trying to set her up with with uh, young men they know, and at a certain point they decide, well we're going to have to get the mother to get married too and they are just kind of three meddling guys, uh, but they're not villainous about it, even though they're insensitive about it and the as it goes on, you get a deeper kind of understanding of the relationship between the mother and the daughter and how much they the daughter does not want to get married because she feels like that will leave her mother alone when she moves out to to live with her husband and how much she thinks she is supporting the mother and how much the mother feels like she is supporting the daughter. And it's all very like, uh, there's no scenes where characters kind of like have a big yelling fight or something like that. You know, characters kind of get, understand things that they didn't understood before. But it's all, it's in the Ozu style of very uh, subdued for the most part. But I thought very beautiful. And uh, the, it's got this color color cinematography that's really gorgeous and very sweet. And just one of these movies where when I finished watching it, I was like, oh, like I've gotten like a big dose of like, human emotions and like human of humanity. And it felt very, um, inspiring and, uh, and fulfilling that way. So that's late autumn.
1: There's, there is one of those things, those moments when like we watch a bunch of <laughs> movies for the flop house and then you'll watch a movie that actually, uh, makes you connect with humanity and you're <laughs> like, Oh, what happened?
2: And <laughs> is, is that the sky? Yeah. I bet you that Ghoulies and Hot Dog and a Hamburger have only suffered by the fact that I watched Late Autumn right before because it was like I know what this art form is capable of like it's yeah it's capable of like making me feel like I'm a part of this human family that we're all that we all share the same basic emotions and we can sh- connect over that and then I had to watch this garbage you know <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs>
0: um well but that's
2: also that's also the magic of film film that's, can be yeah. a statement about human life and family connections and what we owe to our neighbors and our friends it can also be a movie about a bunch of morons skiing
0: for
1: like 90 minutes straight
0: <laughs> and that's what the flop house is about too mm-hmm.
1: um. like would I want to see Charles Bands drive my car probably <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but your expectations would be different <laughs> same
2: it, 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 it would be the, it's entirely the same movie but at the end the ghoulies pop up in the back seat yeah. oh my no.
0: god it would be so good <laughs> Uh, that's as good a note as any to end the show. Uh, before we go, remember that if you're interested in any of those live shows, a shortcut, just go to our website. They're all listed on the events page. And our website is? Blop, the, no, it's <laughs> flophousepodcast.com. Sorry. If you Google the Flophouse Podcast, like, that's how go, anyone gets to anything.
2: Go to flophousepodcast.com. I once saw I once saw an ad on TV for an exterminator and it said Google and then their name. And I was like, oh, uh, just don't be lazy.
0: Uh, they're just being honest, you know. They're honest about the way we live today. That's, that's, that's what you want out of an exterminator. Out of an exterminator, yeah. Um, but
2: you'll find links to those shows. And again, tonight, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, we'll be doing our uh, hot dog and hamburger episode.
0: Um. If you don't want to do that, but you want to help us out, uh, leave us a nice review on uh, iTunes podcasts. Uh, Don't say mean things. Why? Why? Uh, And uh, also go over to MaximumFun.org. Check out the other podcasts on there. If you like podcasts, I'm sure you'll find at least one other thing that appeals to you. Um, And also thank you to Alex Smith, our producer. You can find him under the name HowellDotty.com. Doing various stuff on the internet. Uh, but for now, for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Ellie Kalen. Bye.
1: <laughs> I'm recording. Okay, so we didn't I record me saying fat natties, right? No. <laughs>
0: I'm talking about natty ice. And
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Maybe
2: people think you're talking about neeps and tatties. So it's mm-hmm. okay.
0: Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.